Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. God wants me blessed. How many of you believe that the Lord wants you blessed today? Come on, let me hear you shout if you believe the Lord wants you blessed. Now, I've been teaching on stewardship. This will be my third and final week. I haven't taught on it in years, and I believe it's so necessary. And I can stand here and teach this about, about the fact that, that, you know, God doesn't need your money, but you need to be blessed. I have no agenda. My salary doesn't change, but I've come to understand that it's a good thing that I'm not on commission or anything like that because I depend on the Lord, and He supplies. But the reality of it all is this. There are... There are regulations. There are, there are things in place that will unlock heaven over your life. And how many of you want to learn everything that unlocks heaven over your life? All right. We're looking at Malachi chapter 3. Verse 7 said, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinance and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? Watch this. Verse 8. Will a man rob God that you have robbed me? But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. Now remember I told you that I don't have the power to curse you. I wouldn't curse you if I could. I would want to bless you. But the truth is, man fell all the way back in the garden and entered into a curse, and we've been underneath that curse, and it's broken when we are in obedience to the word of the Lord. Your giving actually lifts the curse off of you, the financial curse off of you. Who wants every financial curse broken in your life? I know that I do. Don't wave two hands, because that's what we claim. It says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now, says this, see if I will not, says the Lord of hosts, see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. How does that sound? I'm talking about financial blessings. I'm talking about the blessings in your family, blessings of healing, breakthrough, anointing, provision, prosperity. Make a little noise if you want to claim everything that God is able to do. So, Father, we just tell you today, I'm teaching this message, the belief factor. Thank you that I've taught thousands of believers today, thousands of believers who believe. We are believing believers. Hallelujah. We believe in you, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord and you've loved this service so far, make a little noise in the room. Come on. Are there any believing believers in the room? Come on, the greatest enemy that the, 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 the devil uses against the church is unbelieving believers. Believers who don't really believe. But I feel like I've come into the room with some radical believing believers. How many, make a little noise if you believe the whole Bible. I stand before you today and I'm 54 years old and I still believe in healing. I still believe that he brings peace. I still believe in household salvation. I still believe that his anointing breaks the yoke. I still believe in deliverance. I don't care how long you've been bound. I know a Jesus that can set you free. I still believe in Holy Ghost power. I wonder if there's anybody at Calvary today that still believes in Holy Ghost power. 
I still believe in joy. I still believe in breakthrough. And I'm telling you this, I believe in prosperity. I believe that the Lord can bless us. How many of you actually believe that the Lord can bless your life? Hallelujah. And I want to talk to you about that today because the mentality of the world says seeing is believing. I got to see it and then I'll believe it. But if you're going to walk by faith and you're going to believe what the Bible says, you got to believe it and then you see it. Everything that you see around here today, Pastor Troy and I came here 21 years ago with our families. None of this was here. The building across the street wasn't here. There was only an old gymnasium that was breaking down and water was pouring in the roof. That's all that was here. And it was a mess. But in the last 21 years, everything you see in this place, including you sitting in that chair, we believe for it. And I'm telling you, when you believe God, God will make a way. How many of you got some stuff you're believing for and in the name of Jesus, you're going to see it? Hallelujah. And you don't even have to wait to see it. You believe he's going to do it so strongly, you'll praise him right now just like he's already done it. <laughs> Take that, devil. So, so I want to tell you some things that you must believe. Now, I haven't talked about giving in years, but I felt prompted in my spirit in this season to just awaken in you a new desire to honor the Lord in your giving because I want to see everything God has for you released. Now, here's some things you must believe. Number one, you must believe that the victory comes in the giving, not in the getting. See, we've got this getting mentality, and the only reason we give is to get. Now, I believe God will bless you. Don't get me wrong. But I believe that the real victory comes not when you get, but when you give. The Bible said in Luke 6, 38, give, and it will be given back to you. Watch this. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall it be put in your bosom. The word bosom could also be translated pocket. Hallelujah. Lord, whatever you have for me, put it in my pocket in the name of Jesus. It says for the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. See, I've come to understand after living this life of faith for so many years that my breakthrough comes not when I give, but not when I get, but when I give. And this is so awesome to me. That's where the victory is. So many people think that the victory comes when you get that better job, or when you get that raise, or when you get that money, or that car, or that house, or that bling bling, or that thing thing, or that ring ring. Come on, somebody. But that's not when the blessing really is manifest. It manifests when you give. That's where your victory is. The victory is in the giving. When you conquer the mentality of the world and say, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to pull out my checkbook, I'm going to give in this offering. I'm going to text the gift. When you put God first and you give, that's when you position yourself to receive the blessings of the Lord. The word give means to grant, to bestow, to furnish, to supply, to release what is due. See, I give to God because, listen, I, I could never pay him back, but I still feel like I owe him. I could never, I could never pay him back for all he's done for me, but that ain't going to stop me from trying. 
I'm going to be obedient to his word. When you give, there is the key to your breakthrough. Your blessing is released when you give. So therefore, the victory doesn't come when you get. It comes when you give. God is the God of his word. So if you give, you shall be blessed. Just like you believe I'm saved, I'm telling you, if you do what the word says, you cannot fulfill a Bible principle and not achieve a Bible result. God is the God of his word. You shall be blessed. This ain't rocket science. God is the God of his word. Is there anything unreleased in your life because you haven't given to God? The truth is some of y'all have a lot coming your way. Some of you have a lot of blessings coming your way, and it will be released when you pull the trigger of giving. I got this letter a while back, and I want to share it with you. It blew my mind. This woman wrote this letter. She said, I was filling out my envelope for my tithe, and I asked myself, she said, I read this with my own eyes. She said, Pastor, I asked myself, shall I put all my tithe, which was all the money I had left in my name, should I give it this week? It was the amount of tithe that I give every week. I put it all in the envelope in faith that I would receive my blessing. Watch this. This is truth. Well, I did. Three days later, I received a check in the mail for $1,500. Watch this. That was owed to me 18 years ago. Now, I'm not so excited about the $1,500, even though I'm real thankful for that. What blows my mind is that it was from 18 years ago. But she gave that in faith on that Sunday, and by that Wednesday, that 18-year-old blessing ran her down. See, the truth is there are things that are waiting to be released in your life, and oh, that ought to make you want to run all over the church. Somebody give him praise if you believe that the victory is in the giving, not in the getting. It's being obedient to the Lord. Number two, you must believe that God is a rewarder of diligence. The Bible said in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He said without faith it's impossible. The word impossible means it's unable to be done. Hear me in this room. He said if you come to me, you got to come to me in faith. In Matthew 13, Jesus didn't even do miracles in a in his own hometown because the Bible says they were offended at him. Verse 58 in, in, in Matthew 13, 58, it says that he, that he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They didn't believe in him. They didn't have faith in him. So Jesus said, I don't even trifle with people who don't believe in me. He said, but when you believe in me, miracles and signs and wonders and supernatural breakthroughs will come your way. I believe there are some believing believers in the house. I believe there are some folks who give and they believe that God will bless me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I believe there are people in this room who believe that when I get sick with his stripes, I am healed. I believe there's some people in this room who have some lost children, but you believe what the Bible says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You, you, I'm telling you, when you believe God, when it stirs him up, when you believe God is going to do what he says he's going to do, it stirs him up. How many believing believers are there in this house today? Make a little noise if you're a believer.
You, you, can't even, you can't even please God without faith. The Bible says he who comes to God in Hebrews eleven six must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Believe in the Greek, it means to be persuaded and to give credit and to have confidence. Let me tell you, I don't have confidence in the economy. I don't have confidence in the Republicans, the Democrats, or the independents. But baby, let me tell you that I've got confidence in the name that is above every name. I got confidence in Jehovah Jireh. I got confidence in Yahweh Rapha. I got confidence in wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the lily of the valley, the bright morning star, the way out of no way. I got confidence with my provider. I got confidence in the one that can raise me up, pick me up, turn my life around, save my children, move my mountains, shift my season, give me a new job, give me a new house, give me a new season heal my body, raise me up. I got confidence in the Lord. Make a little noise. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, give me 10 seconds just to praise him because I got confidence in him. Yes. Now, the Bible says he is a rewarder. Somebody say rewarder. Rewarder in this text, it literally trans transliterates the one who pays the best wages, the one who takes the best care. See, see, doctors practice medicine, but Jesus heals. Come on, come on. You got power in your house as long as you pay the electric bill, but the Holy Ghost is power. Glory to God. He pays the best, he pays the best west, uh, wages, blessings, prosperity, joy, peace. Who believes it in the room? But it says of those who diligently, somebody say diligently. Now here's where it gets real. Diligence in the Webster's is defined as the steady application of business. Now I'm about to make you aggravated and I'm going to make some other people shout. But the truth is you can't do nothing and expect something. Can I say that again? You can't do nothing and expect something. We are raising up an entitled generation and we better be careful. Young people that feel entitled. Oh, I don't want to do the work, but give me the grade. I don't want to bring my homework in. Some of y'all teachers and educators, you know what I'm talking about. I read just recently where an educator got fired, a teacher got fired because she wouldn't give her kids grades that they did not earn. They didn't do their homework. And there were a few kids because they didn't do their homework, they had a failing grade. And the principal said, you got to pass them. And so the teacher said that would be dishonest because they did not fulfill what they were supposed to do. They didn't, they didn't bring in their homework. So the teacher said that the, the principal said either you pass them or you'll get fired and the lady actually was fired what a tragedy we give people things that they do not deserve we've got a generation that feels entitled give it to me I don't want to have to work for it give me the degree give me the job give me the promotion my name is Jimmy and I'll take what you give me come on somebody we've got this entitled generation but can I stand before you today and tell you you got to work you got to get up off of your set down or get up off of your blessed assurance. You can't sleep till 12 o'clock and then be mad because you broke. You can't go to work late and then be mad because you don't get a promotion. You can't, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You can't, you can't, listen, I am entitled to nothing. I am blessed with everything.
I just said a revelation right there. How many of you are entitled to nothing, but you are blessed with everything? But understand that the blessings of the Lord come to the diligent. Blessed. Somebody say blessed. The word blessed means highly favored. It means to be envied in the Hebrew. Oh my God. Blessed, Psalms chapter one, is he who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, Psalms one, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates both day and night. He shall be like a tree, planted, chilling, by the rivers of living, chilling, by the, chilling, by, chilling by the rivers of living water. He shall bring forth fruit in his season, Push your neighbor, say, it's my season. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. He shall bring forth fruit in his season. And whatsoever he does, it will prosper. See, we're trying to get God to prosper nothing. But God said, if you'll do something, I'll bless you. How many of you are ready to do something and get the blessing of the Lord over it? One, two, three. Give God a shout. There is no way to underestimate, young person, the power of diligence. Don't, how many of you actually, you didn't inherit your money, whatever you paid the bills with this week, you had to work for it. And then you go to family reunion, they tripping. Y'all don't make me preach. Diligent. I'm learning diligence. I'm married to a woman who presses me on diligence. She's in this thing that started a few years ago. She said, now, honey, it's time to moisturize. So I moisturize every day. I don't know what I'm moisturizing with, but let me tell you, she said, you put this on your head. You, you, got, you got the cocoa butter. I don't know if it's cocoa butter, peanut butter, almond butter. I don't know what it is, but I'm, every night I'm rubbing it down and I'm moisturizing. She said, I don't want you to get wrinkled. You know, uh, wrinkled. You know you're from the South. When you don't get wrinkled, you get wrinkled. Come on, somebody. She said, we don't want to be wrinkly. So she gives me eye stuff, but I'm diligent to put it on. And you know what? I look good. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you. I mean, I think I do. I hope I do. She said I did today. She was gone. She's been missing me. She was in Indiana. I was in New York. That's a whole other story. Come on. But we all back now. But I'm trying to tell you that if you will be diligent, the Lord is a rewarder of them who will diligently seek him. Make a little noise if you want diligence to absolutely mark your life. Number three. Now this is deep. Write it down. This is something you must believe. You must believe that God desires you to prosper. Well, bless the Lord, Pastor, I don't believe that. I believe he wants to keep us poor, broke, busted, and disgusted. He, he wants to keep us poor. What do you have to say about that? Third John 1, 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. How many things? And be in health just as your soul prospers. If the Lord wanted you broke and sick, Jesus would have never died on the cross. But he died and shed his blood to break the curse of the enemy off of your life. See, there are, there, there's a spirit, a mentality of poverty. I believe, honestly, I was raised in that mentality. I was raised in that spirit of poverty. My family, we lived in the church parsonage. 
My dad pastored these small churches and, and, and we lived in the church parsonage and it was, y'all, it was hot in the summer and cold in the winter. And they, these were these old houses that were, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to show y'all where I really came from. They were full of roaches. Y'all don't know about that. Not roaches like palmetto bugs. Come on, somebody like, they could fly. You had to have air traffic control in the house. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I mean, we, that's how messed up we were. We had them roaches that when you turn the light on in the kitchen, they froze. Some of y'all came from, how many of y'all came from that life? I came from that life where we didn't have nothing. We didn't have the money for raid. We didn't have the money to get our house. We just tried to clean it as best we could. But there were so many holes in our house that the roaches would get through. But let me tell you something. Just because I was raised that way didn't mean I had to stay that way. I said I didn't have to stay that way. And I want to tell you one of the main spirits and the chief mentality that's got to be broken off of your life and off the church is the spirit and mentality of poverty. It's the poverty spirit. It is the spirit that says, I, I, I'll do it halfway, give the church junk. It's the personal poverty spirit that says, we, I've never had nothing. I'll never have nothing. We, we will never be able to accomplish anything. I'll never be a homeowner. I'll never get a degree. I'll never be blessed. This is a mindset and a mentality and a spirit of poverty that can rest on churches and families, even for generations. People who flow in this mentality believe that poverty is God's plan, but I've stopped by to tell somebody today that that is a lie straight from hell, and I break the spirit of poverty off of you. I break it off of your children. I break it off of your church. I break it off of your business. I break it off of your ministry. Make a little noise if you want to break the spirit of poverty. Oh, you can do better than that. Break that spirit of poverty and let the Lord know I'm a candidate for the blessing. Is my little girl Tasney here? Tasney Thomas. I know she was in early service. Tasney, get up here. Get up here. I love Tasney. Tasney has been with me forever. She's my daughter in the Lord. Y'all better clap for Tasney because Tasney is my favorite. Tasney, I love me some Tasney. Oh, she's a teacher now. Come on. Ain't you a teacher? You're a teacher, and you were just a little girl when you came to me, wasn't you? Yes. And you were just, yeah, look at her. Don't you just love her? I'm so proud of you. She's teaching school now. You about to get your master's degree? Yes, I already got it already. You already got your master's degree? She's in a PhD program now. Y'all don't know where she came from. Y'all don't know Tasney like I know Tasney. But Tasney said, it doesn't matter who came before me. It doesn't matter that my daddy wasn't in the house. It doesn't matter what I had to come up out of. I'm going to be Dr. Tasney Thomas, and I break pop. I dare somebody right now who breaks every spirit of poverty off of your life. Give the Lord a shout. I'm... No, you better clap like you're proud of Tasney and you believe that a God that can bless her can bless you. Break every spirit of poverty. Raise your hands. I break every spirit of poverty off of you and your children and your children's children. Give God a shout in the room.
I love that. I'm, I hope y'all film that. I'm going to put that on Instagram. And all y'all are going to like it. Number four, you must believe it is your right to leave an inheritance for your children's children. Proverbs 13, 22 says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Good means the most excellent man. Here's what I want to do. It doesn't matter if nobody left you nothing. I didn't, my, my daddy, I love my daddy. I, I love the ground that he walks on. I miss him. He's in heaven right now. But he didn't leave me nothing but bills. But I love him. I mean, I, he, he left me a love for Jesus, and that's something money can't buy. Can I get a witness? But the truth is, my dad never owned a home. He never, he, uh, the, the place that he lived when he passed away, I paid for it. The car that he drove, I paid for it. My dad didn't leave me anything financially. And I have made up in my mind, I read this scripture and I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave something behind. See, it's, you must believe that it's your right that your children's children are blessed because of you. Uh, how many of you want somebody to be blessed because you were on the planet? Come on, make a little noise if you want to be a blessing to somebody after you. I was preaching in Africa and I stopped by Paris, France a while back and we went to Notre Dame. And when I stood in the great cathedral there at Notre Dame in, in, in France, it was, it began construction, construction on it began in 1163 under the reign of Louis VII. It was not completed until around 1345, almost 200 years. And in 1163, people were given to a building fund that they would never get to worship in that building that they were given to. But yet they gave believing that they would be a blessing to their children's children. I want to tell you something. In the name of Jesus, poverty breaks in your generation. In the name of Jesus, when you go, you will leave something behind and you will be a blessing to your children's children. You will leave them a love for Jesus. You will leave them a desire for his word. You will leave them a belief factor that they know that no matter what the mountain is, they can speak to it and it'll be removed, not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. But I also decree and declare that you will be able to leave cash, that you will be able to leave resources, that you will be able to leave. Somebody make a little noise if you want to be a blessing to the generations. Pastor Riley, I just want to bless my four and no more, not me. I want my children and my children's children to be blessed. That's my plan. I plan on blessing my spiritual children. I got, I got them everywhere. And you know what? Let's close. Watch this. I was telling Pastor Josh, spiritual sons. I got sons and daughters all over here. All over America now. And so... I said, it's my goal to give as much of myself away in these next years of ministry as I can. Because I've understood the more I give away, the more I actually have. Because part of me lives in all these people. Don't that you and I give ourselves away to. I, I, listen, I love these preachers. We got some of the best young preachers. Man, when they preach, Pastor Josh, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Christian. Man, when they stand up here and preach, they preach the house down. Say, Pastor, aren't you worried? No, because there ain't but one daddy. 
Yeah, come on, when daddy gets in the house, the spirit rise. I want my sons and daughters to rise above me. They got me as a diving board. How many of you want to be a diving board for the next generation? All right, last thing. Number five. Here it is. This is why we tithe. And I believe this breaks poverty off of your life. You must believe that the tithe is holy. The first belongs to God. The Bible said in 2 Chronicles 31, 6, and the children of Israel and Judah who, who dwelt in the cities of Judah brought the tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of the what? The holy things which were consecrated to the Lord, their God, and they laid it in heaps. Holy means consecrated, separated, dedicated. It's the first. It's the holy things. See, here's what I've come to understand. God always blesses and provides for his children, but he has always required that man hold something back for him. In the garden, all the way back, Adam and Eve had access to every tree but one. The Lord said, that tree's mine. Don't you mess with that. That tree's holy unto me. But what did they do? They touched that tree. And the holy thing that they touched defiled them. The Lord said, I'm expecting first. Now I'm going to bless you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But you got to put me first. And all through the Bible, you see the principle of first fruits and firstborn and tithe and 10%. You say, Well, Pastor, you're trying to mess me up. You put me under the law. Well, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek a full 430 years before Mosaic law. Isaac tied all through the, Jesus himself said, render to the Lord those that are his and render unto Caesar those that are Caesar's. He said, you, 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 you want to be able to pay your taxes, pay your tithe. Come on, somebody. Now, now understand this. The reason some people have no problem spending their tithe and their giving. Look at me now. You say, well, I don't know if I like this message. Come back next week. You're going to really like that message but maybe you really need this message. The reason some people have no problem spending their tithe, look at me, precious. You know I love you, right? You know I don't have an agenda here. God doesn't, God doesn't need your money, but you need to be blessed. Watch. The reason some people have no problem spending their tithe is they don't understand that it's holy. And when you touch something holy, it defiles you. And when you understand that the tithe is holy and you don't want to be defiled, you don't want to get under the curse, you want to walk in the blessing. When you understand that it is holy, you won't want to keep it because when you keep it, you're defiled by it. And according to Malachi, you fall under the curse. I was reading a while back about the percentage that the church in, in America, not Calvary in the name of Jesus, but in America, get, get their giving. It's not 10% of their income, not eight, not six, not seven, not five, not four, not two. 
the average churchgoer gives 1.7%. See, here's the truth. If, if everybody in the church believed that the tithe was holy, just believed that it was holy, Pastor Troy, every building that we would ever need to build would be built debt-free. If we believed that tithe was holy in America, look at me, look at me, hear me, hear me. Not one child would ever go to bed hungry. If we believed that the tithe was holy, not one child would go to bed hungry because world relief would be taken care of by the church of the living God. If the church, the church as a whole, in America and around the world believed that tithe was holy, not one missionary would be ever held from the field for a lack of fun, funds. Not one ear would be spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They wouldn't be spared that gospel. Every ear would hear it. Not one widow would do without. Not one orphan would ever sleep outside if we believed that the tithe was holy. I was praying and the Lord began to speak to me. He said, you tell my people. He said, you tell them whether they give or not, I love them. Tell them whether they, they honor me or not in their giving, I still love them. That their giving doesn't make me love them more or love them less, but it enables me to fulfill my word and bring the promises to them. But he said, tell the people that won't give to me. They don't have a money problem. They have a belief problem. I'm a believer. Don and I, we give 20 to 25% of our income every single year, is that right? We get, we give what we have for years. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that it is who we are. I don't believe you can take someone somewhere you've never been. I don't believe that it's fair for a man of God to stand up and tell you to give and he don't give himself. I bet he is absolutely that and more. She said he's a hypocrite. He absolutely is. Pray for him in Jesus name. But I'm going to challenge you today to take the Lord at his word. I'm going to challenge you to get in faith. You say, well, pastor, I can't afford to give. Or I can't afford not to. Pastor Troy is going to come and he's going to talk to you for just a moment about something we're doing today called the Tithers Challenge. Now tonight, it's going to be a powerful night, Pastor Troy. And you want to teach people tonight. You've got a special guest coming in. You're going to teach people about finances. We're giving a free book away today. Whole lot going on. How many of you are interested in having a good retirement? How many of you are interested in being able to send your kids to college? Come on. All those things. Pastor Troy, talk to us just for a moment. All right. Well, I was telling first service that Pastor Riley could preach a giving message, stewardship message every single week of the year. But it would really all boil down to the very last point. The tithe is holy. If we truly understand that the tithe is holy and we trust in God, that's really all we need to know. Because the Bible is full of scripture that will back that same thing up. 
That's why Abraham tithed way before the law because he knew it was holy. Had nothing to do with it all. So we want to help you in that effort. We want the blessings to be released. And remember, I'll say blessings. It's not just money. Yes, it is can be, but it could be your, your child being saved. It could be your body being healed. It could be your marriage being put back together. All of those things are blessings in your life. And that's what we want to happen. Real briefly, I was telling a story about two different people in the Bible. One was um, the rich young ruler. You've heard the story. The rich young ruler is a Pharisee, and he asked Jesus, he said, you know, what do I need to do? And he said, follow my commandments. And he was so proud of himself. You know, he's like, oh, I do that. I'm good, man. What else do I need to do? That was a bad mistake. He shouldn't have said that to Jesus. When he said, what else should I do? He said, I'll tell you what you could do, because he knew the man's heart. He said, give everything you have away and come follow me. The guy had too much money to do that. He was controlled by resources. Then there was another man named Zacchaeus. He was a short guy like me. He wanted to see Jesus and couldn't, but he went up in a tree. And he said, I'm gonna see him as he comes by. He came by and Jesus looked up at him and said, I'm going to your house for dinner tonight. Go get ready. So he went there. Jesus never said a single word to him about money, nothing. He was just talking to him and loving on him. Zacchaeus said to him, keep in mind, not understanding the concepts of all about the money or nothing. I understand that little girl that I had up here 14 years old a couple weeks ago. She don't understand all that. They just understood that they have to trust in God. And what happened was Zacchaeus said, you know what? Because tax collectors, we think tax collectors are bad now. Back then, they used to rip people off hand over fist. Amen. So he said, everybody I've defrauded, I'm going to. I'm going to pay him back double. And then he said, oh, I'm going to pay him back four times as much. I'm going to give back to all the people I've defrauded four times as much. So the thing about it is, is Jesus looked at him in the eyes. He didn't say, go steal everything you have. He knew his heart. And he said, what? He said, today salvation has come to your house because the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So when Pastor Ruddy started with the scripture in Malachi, there's only one time in the Bible that God says, test me in this. Test me in the tithe. So that's why we offer this 90-day challenge today. There's going to be ushers. If you didn't get one at the door, raise your hand if you didn't get one of those cards at the door. An usher's going to be walking down the aisle. They just want to give you one. If you didn't get one of those cards, just allow them to give you one. And I'll keep talking as they do that. But on the front of that card, it says, I will take the tithe challenge for 90 days. And here's why. The book that we're going to give you also, I'll tell you about in a second, it's called The Generosity Ladder. See, some people, you know, they don't fully understand it. The tithe is 10%. Some people think they tithe and they give $100 a year. That's not really tithe. It's giving, but it's not tithe. The tithe is 10%. So you may start out during this 90-day tithe challenge. In the, in, the, in the beginning, you might not be able to do it, right? But what that Generosity Ladder book tells you is just get on the ladder. Just step up there on the rim. And then as you step on that bottom rim, you're not going to stay there. You're going to begin to climb. In that 90 days, you're going to be there. Then you're going to go beyond it. Every week, I'm going to send you an email. And it's going to just encourage you. Something that's going to encourage you and lift you up. I'm going to be here for you if you need some help. And then even tonight, as Pastor Ellie said, because we got to be diligent. We can't just tithe and go home and go to sleep. Amen. So, what that's going to teach us tonight is going to teach us how to get our budget in order, how to get our debt slashed. It's going to teach about uh, your kids. I was telling first service that years ago I was leading a Dave Ramsey class and Dave Ramsey was talking about your kids, talking about your kids' education. 
You know what? I, I, I did that and I said, I've never done that I, myself. So I immediately the next day, I went online, I figured it out and I started giving. This year, my daughter graduates, not a dime of debt. Two years from now, my son graduates, not a dime of debt. So it's about learning and planning. We want you to be a part of that, but fill out that card. All you have to do really is put your name and your email address. You don't really need to fill out the rest of that. Name and email address. Pastor Ray is going to take back over in a second. You're going to come up and drop your offering. You can drop your card here. But what we'd rather you do is take the card with you out that door right there. And then on the right, there's a booth. And I'll be standing out there as well. And you hand me that card or you hand our team that card. And we're going to give you that book, that generosity ladder book. We're just going to give it to you because we want you to read it and be blessed. What time does it start? 6.30 tonight, Troy. right here. Do y'all love Pastor Troy, don't we? Okay, stand up, everybody. I want to speak a blessing over you right now. You can give. We're going to receive the offering. We're going to bring it. Come on, I want my ushers to come. Here, here's, what I, well, here's what I know. There are some believers in the room. Somebody make a little noise if you're a believer. Come on. Somebody make a little noise if you're a radical believer. Somebody make a little noise if you love revival. Wednesday night, don't miss it because we're going to be here and we're going to pick up and it's going to blow up in this house. But I want you to hold your giving before the Lord. You can text to give at 386-866-3060. You by live stream, this is your opportunity to give. I want everybody, if, the, if you can sow an offering today, sow it because I'm going to speak this blessing over your life. You that have not tithed, let today be the day you step out in faith that tithe is holy. I want you to hold those gifts before the Lord. I want to bless you right now. Hallelujah. There's power in the blessing of the Lord, and I'm going to speak it over your life. You by live stream. Man, I believe there's some of you God is dealing with to sow a significant tithe. You've had some windfalls of profit, and if you will bless the Lord, He will bless you the more. Hold those offerings up before the Lord right now. When you come, I want you to drop it in. If you're giving on your phone, just pass the phone over the, over the bucket. If you've already given or you're not even able to give, pass your hands over it and say, Lord, when you enable me to give, I'm going to give. I want you to take those and hold them up right now. Hallelujah. If you're a believer, shout, I'm a believer. Come on, I said, if you're a believer, shout, I'm a believer. So in Jesus' name, I bless you today. I bless you to know that your victory is not coming when the blessing manifests. Your victory manifests right now. I declare that your victory isn't coming in the getting, but in the giving. I declare that as you give today, that you are going to unlock the blessings of the Lord over your life. Anything that is held up is going to be unleashed. I declare that in the name of Jesus, that you are going to be rewarded for your diligence. I declare raises on your jobs, bonuses, and blessings. I declare supernatural financial breakthroughs over your life. I declare in Jesus' name, raise it right now, wave it before the Lord, that as you give, you know that God desires you to prosper. He desires you to prosper and be in health. I declare that it is your right to leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children. And I declare as you acknowledge that the tithe is holy, that the windows of heaven open over your life and you are poured out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive it. If you believe the word of the Lord, give God a shout. Bring that offering right now. 
If you're visiting with us, stop in the back. I'll be at Guest Central. I want to meet you. But everybody give. This is our dismissal. We love you so much. We appreciate you. Wednesday night is going to be supernatural. Be here for this revival. In the name of Jesus, bless you all. If you would like to be part of what God is doing here at Calvary, you can give online at calvaryofl.com or you can use our app. We hope this message encouraged you to experience the Spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon.